Hey there, it is Jay Young, and uh, yesterday I shared something that I wanted to go a little bit deeper into today. In fact, it was uh, yesterday I shared kind of a personal experience, the, uh, the event that has brought me to the point where I am today, where I'm doing the things that I am doing today. And for most of us, we all have that event in our life. You know, maybe it's dramatic, it's huge, or maybe it just it just kind of happened and you can't really pinpoint it. But there is that point. So I guess you can pinpoint it, is what I'm saying. And the uh, the point that was the pivotal part for me, a quick backstory, I was in radio for almost 30 years, morning radio host all over the country. Uh, with radio, if you get fired from one radio station, you can't just go across town at another radio station and go to work because they're, they have these non-compete uh, clauses in our contracts. So that means you have to pick up your family and move to another city, another state. A lot of people in radio have broken families, I'll just tell you that. Uh, thankfully, I'm not one of them. Uh, bless my wife, she has put up with a ton. And my kids have got a great geography lesson uh, for that. But anyway, uh, so in 2010, I was working at a radio station, Kix 106 in Memphis, Tennessee. We'd been there for about seven years this time. We'd actually been there once before and was fired and had to go somewhere. But we, we came back, and here we are. We had a, a great run. 2010, December rolls around. We were pulled into the boss's office. Program director sitting there with this confused look on his face. Eric, the human resources guy, sitting over there, he's got a folder and, you know, he, he looks like he's anxious to do this. I don't know, he, maybe he was the hatchet man, but he was there because we were going to be fired. So that was it. So his goal or his, his job was to give us the separation papers. So that's when it hit me uh, that I wasn't going to be able to get another job in radio because after 2008, the economy was in the toilet. Uh, radio jobs were being cut right and left. It was a bloodbath that year. It wasn't just for us, but uh, disc jockeys, morning guys, radio people, anybody making over about 100000 a year, they got fired. And that was a rough thing because the prospects, they weren't good. In fact, my, uh, my partner, Brian Elder, he saw the writing on the wall a little earlier than I did, and he started... Uh, he started his own little roofing company, which turns out today is a huge roofing company, Brian Elder Roofing in Memphis. But <laughs> the uh, in the past, if we got fired, we would just go to another city, another state. And he said, uh, I'm not moving again. And so now I, either I had to go on my own or I needed to figure things out how to somehow make a living without doing radio. And that meant reinventing myself. And that was the pivotal point for me because, you know, up until now, I was, my, uh, my skill set was telling jokes, playing some phone pranks, uh, maybe giving the weather some sports scores, and interviewing people, right? So that's, that was my skill set. And I'm thinking, well, how am I going to use that to somehow turn it into a quarter million dollar a year job that I had been used to 
in the radio business. So, yeah, that was a, a come-to-Jesus moment for me. Because, you know, making a quarter million dollars a year down to whatever you make on unemployment, which I believe it was $275 a week. That might be high, all right? So that might be high. So I had to figure out something else. And that's uh, that takes me to where we are today because I discovered that, uh, you know, the Internet was a powerful tool. We used it quite a bit in radio, but not for what we're doing now. You know, we would communicate with people through Facebook and different social media and email and things like that. But I discovered that certain things within the Internet, you could use it, certain tools to stay engaged. It, there were just things that you could do with the Internet that would help businesses grow. So that takes me to the point where I discovered that there, there is a blueprint, right? And, and, and after sharing this, my story with, um, here on the, uh, the Facebook Live yesterday, I had a lot of people say, well, okay, that was great and everything, but I want to learn more about that blueprint you were talking about. So that's kind of what I wanted to jump into a little bit more today of why that blueprint is the key to success or failure. And specifically a certain part in that blueprint. There's a, there's a, there's a few moving pieces, but that's what the blueprint's for, right? Everything goes in a certain place and everything has its purpose. So the, uh, this, this plan actually is something I discovered back when I was a morning radio guy. And in radio, we did a lot of live remote broadcasts. So maybe you've got a favorite radio station, and usually it happens on Saturdays. You know, you hear on Saturdays, they'll say, hey, we're going to be out at Bob somebody Chevrolet today. We're going to be out there with prizes and whatever. And the radio announcer would be on location for about two hours usually, right? So we'd be on location at two hours. We'd put up a little tent there that has the logo of the radio station on it, maybe a spinning wheel for some prizes. And then we would be there for two hours doing this live remote broadcast. We did a lot of these things every Saturday. In fact, that helped <laughs> increase my salary because they paid us extra for doing those things. We would show up and we'd do these at car dealers, a lot of car dealers. We went to every car dealer in the city probably. Clothing stores, western wear, things like that, grocery stores, anywhere that our salespeople at the radio station could somehow convince that business owner that this was going to be successful for them. And this is, this is an interesting part because the expectations for this live remote broadcast on the on the part of the the business owner the 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 car dealer was the radio station shows up and they start broadcasting and then just tons of people were going to come in and buy up everything they had they're going to make a ton of money and it was going to be a great success the reality on the other hand <laughs> uh the reality on the other hand it didn't happen 99.9% .9 of the time, these radio remotes, these radio live broadcasts, not a soul shows up. You'll be out there, and I, I, I take that back. 
in the radio business. I'm sorry if you were one of these, but we called uh, we called the the people that would come just to spin the wheel and win a CD. We called them prize pigs, and uh, and we meant it lovingly, right? And we we love most of them. And there was Mark the mailman, and you know there was there were so many of them that we we got to know and love. But that they never went into the store. They never went in to buy something from that business owner. They never went into that car dealer and walked out with a brand new Chevrolet. Never did that. But they got a CD from time to time or a gallon of free milk. Uh, and and that's, that's when it hit me because these business owners, I discovered that it, it was their responsibility to provide some kind of an offer to get people excited about. And here's what happened most of the time. We would show up, you know, 20 minutes ahead of time before the remote. I would go in and sit down with the, the general manager the, of, of that business, or the owner of the business, and say, so what do you want us to talk about today? What, uh, what are you going to promote? And they'd go, oh, I don't know. Phyllis, you got that ad from the newspaper? And they would literally go make a copy of the ad that was in the newspaper, you know, that, especially for a car dealer, and it would say, you know, it, whatever the car deals were, you know, uh, suburban, you know, normally $54,000. Now, during the special week sale, $52,000, or maybe it was $10,000 off, or whatever it was. But it wasn't one of those things that was going to get the public excited during this two hour remote. I mean, it doesn't work in the newspaper. Why did they think it was going to work if they got a disc jockey to come out and? tell people about it and it didn't it didn't work so that was the uh in fact it didn't work so much that my partner and i brian elder sometimes we would do these remotes together we would say you know maybe we ought to go get a broom or something we ought to be at least doing something to feel like we're earning our keep we ought to be you know mopping the floor or sweeping the parking lot maybe we should be juggling or making balloon puppets or something so at least we feel like we're doing something but it was it was an abysmal failure 99.9 percent .9 of the time nobody ever came to these things and then the uh the realization was the offer was terrible the offer the offer sucked i'll just be blunt with you and that's that's the uh, the god honest truth the offers were terrible nobody came because they weren't inspired there was nothing emotional about these offers that got anybody to go, hey, you know, Janet, we need to get off the couch and drive down to the car dealer and buy us a brand new Suburban today. I mean, there was nothing that would even get them to come and take a look or go for a test drive or anything to see what's new. But then there was a Saturday at Bill Hurd Chevrolet, it doesn't exist anymore. I think it's called Sunrise Chevrolet in Collierville, Tennessee. But it was Bill Hurd then, and the the remote broadcast. Our what we were telling everybody was, come on down to Bill Hurd Chevrolet. We've got ten vehicles that are priced at a hundred and fifty-six dollars total, and there are also ten vehicles that are $156 a month. But you need to come down because when they're gone, they're gone. 
So how was that for an offer, right? Maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not going to buy a $156 vehicle. It's probably a piece of junk. It probably was. But if you've got a kid, right, maybe you've got a teenager that's going to be their first car. What a great opportunity. It's 156 bucks. I think these were normally around a $5,000 vehicle. So, but for this special promotion, they were $156. And then there were some that were $156 a month. So they were even a better vehicle, but that sounds exciting, right? And it was, it was huge. We started broadcasting and the place filled up. I'm talking about down around the block, people were lined up for the opportunity to get one of these vehicles. We had hundreds, not a hundred, but hundreds of people that showed up. And then after I'm, afterwards, I'm thinking, well, wouldn't it be great if every one of these live remote broadcasts were like that? And they all could have been if the offer was, was good or, or, or great like that one was, right? That would get you off the couch. There was an emotional feeling attached to that. Like, holy cow, I'm going to miss out if I'm not down there. So everything, the difference was the offer. And that was the big epiphany that hit me. And now as I'm, as I'm building this blueprint that I shared with you yesterday, I realized that the offer was the key. I mean, it was, it was everything. Every, the offer was the foundation that everything else has to be built on. In fact, it's the critical element and it's missing in most businesses' sales process. It just is. It, it, so the plan, when I created the complete blueprint to re-engage past customers and almost customers, to generate a predictable revenue stream, that had to be a part of it. And the predictable revenue stream is also very important part of the blueprint. Because, I mean, it, there's, there's a difference in predictable revenue stream and hoping and praying that something's gonna work. Most businesses have a hope and pray marketing plan. Maybe they've got some search engine optimization going on, right? So maybe they show up in Google and then they're hoping and praying that somebody finds them. Or they, even worse, they, they've built a website and they put all of their stuff that they do on it, you know, a list of their tools and services and offers, usually no offers, just their, their tools and their services. And they expect people to come. That is hoping and praying. So... An amazing offer is the foundation every other part of the blueprint is built on. And this totally transformed my business. It, it was amazing when this light bulb went off and I realized that, you know, if, if a marketing campaign that I've done didn't work, it wasn't because it, nobody saw it. I mean, that helps if somebody sees it, but it was because the offer was terrible. It, it didn't create any type of excitement in anybody's mind so that they would push a button, click a button, pick up the phone and call, walk through the door, whatever it was. And that's why I am so excited to be able to share this blueprint with, a much larger audience now.
And in the coming days, I'm going to be diving even deeper into other parts of the blueprint. Uh, and it's, it's a problem that a lot of businesses have. Uh, just like, uh, you know, if you had a blueprint to build a home, right, what's going to be the first thing that goes into that? You're going to have to have the foundation. And that's what the offer is. Everything else is built off of that. So that's what the, uh, the, the complete blueprint to re-engage past customers and almost customers because I, I'm, sometimes people will come, they're interested, but maybe not right now. But they might be in two or three weeks or a month or even three months. So that's why this is called the complete blueprint to re-engage past customers and almost customers to generate a predictable revenue stream. So till then, I hope that you will solve problems, create solutions, and continue to engage with your customers. And if you do that, they're going to be loyal to you for life. And that's what it's all about. So thanks so much for joining me today. Have a great day.